Yo, 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 what's going on? Hey, it's me, Precious Gorgeous. I'm Carrie Blue. This is the motherfucking intro. My name is Chris Stonehenge Parnash Nikoski, live from Brooklyn. This is We Be in the Hallway Podcast. What, was that too much? It's a brotherhood is what we call it. I respect it. It's funny, though, because a lot of people were like, Carrie, were you in a gang? I'm like, no. And they were like, so what did y'all do when y'all were like together? It's like, well, smoked weed, sold weed, fought people, fuck bitches. Fuck uh, women, women, yeah. women. Yeah. I didn't say the B word. <laughs> I didn't say the B word. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm an evolving person. You know, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. What's up, man? Check, check. What's up? How you feeling? Y'all. <laughs> How you feeling? What? Chris, what's on your mind? I, I'm not going to ask you if you're okay because I just feel like right now, like, it's just <laughs> shit swirling up. Yeah, there. what's going on? I mean, I'm kind of sick of having to deal with explaining to people that I'm neither the arrogant uppity Negro, the house Negro, the field Negro, the angry black man. Mm-hmm. The gangster thug, oh, you make art, so I can't listen to you about anything else in society. And all these other things. Like, it's like a weird, I'm in a place right now, I'm just like really, in a certain way, tired of dealing with people. Mm. And like, not like in the people-to-people part, but in the, the, the world they create in their mind. While I'm creating a world in my mind, I know that. I know that everything we see is a representation of our thoughts, and that in a way, I'm making stuff up. But not really. Like, when I talk to people... I very rarely end up in a situation where I'm like, oh, shit, I was making mad assumptions about you that were just incorrect. Whereas when I'm talking to people, they be making mad assumptions about me. When I'm like, did you ever ask me how I actually thought about that? Mm. Nah. You talk for 15 minutes, I listen to you. I say two minutes worth of things, and you don't ask nothing about it but draw your conclusions. And it's this, you know, well, they're bad actors on both sides. I'm sick of that shit. I'm really sick of people talking to me and gaslighting me and being like, oh, well, well, assumptions are being made by everybody. I didn't assume shit. You're assuming. But because you're assuming, you assume I'm assuming. And now I got to defend myself against your behavior. And, uh, and I'm hitting a wall on it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of frustrated, you know? Damn, dog. I'm sorry, man. I've been there, bro. I've mm-hmm. definitely been there. Probably not like you there right now, but... I mean, we all... And, and the more I talk to people, man, QC came over, and he was talking about his job. And and he he's working in social services and, and working at a, a shelter and running the same thing <sighs> of rough. the community that they're working with are a whole lot of black people, but the people in charge aren't black, but got a whole lot of presuppositions and assumptions and ideas about what these black people need to do in their lives and aren't listening and, and won't give those black people the autonomy to make decisions for themselves. And like this weird savior complex thing you see happening, mm. you know, or this weird like if, if uh, and, and we hear this, there are parallelisms, so don't, don't get me wrong, but it's like you, you're in an office and you're a young woman, you stand up for yourself, you bitchy. But if you're old, 50-year-old white dude, you're just assertive. You're just defending yourself or, like, making sure people understand your point of view. And I'm kind of tired of running into, like, people being afraid of me. Like, like if I say certain things with any type of emotional backing, they're like, oh, oh, oh he's getting mad. I was just talking about the same thing. Oh, oh, oh. And because I'm, you know, 
I'm not super quiet. I'm not timid. I don't want to be a timid Negro. I'm, I'm not here to put all the white people at ease. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to cater to their own anxiety-ridden lives. Oof. And that, and we were I just I, talking about that. <laughs> like, nah, for real. And like, I walk down the street. I purposely, if I know this is dark and this is a white lady, and I don't roll up on her. Like, I, I like will cross the street to avoid scaring this. I woman. do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I've never thought thing. about that in my life. I, Maybe I, if I ever see a person that is white, especially a white woman, at night on the street. If I have like a hood on anytime, I always walk across the street. So there's no way that you can get anything fucked up, that you can be afraid, that you can misinterpret the situation. I wholeheartedly do that all the time. I might, I might depend, but that might be, uh, and I'm not a, I, I just don't have the presence of mind to think about these things. Like, I usually, if I'm walking, if, we're, if me and somebody are walking the same, we make two of the same turns, let's say, I'm going to be like, okay, let me hang back so the person doesn't think I'm following them. Which might even make it worse because they're like, oh, God, he, now he's hanging back, so he doesn't. So I don't think he's following, but I know he is, or whatever. But I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, I know that phenomenon, yeah, for sure. And I'm just running into like, yo, I just want to be me, man. I just, it's just, my brain works a certain way. I speak a certain way, and I'm impassioned about what I believe in. But any, anyone who knows me, you know me nine years. I ain't, I'm not fighting anybody. One of my goals in life is to be able to talk my way or think my way out of almost any scenario. I should never have to lay my hands on somebody. The few times I've gotten any physical conflict is because someone else was in harm's way. And I ain't, I ain't punch anybody in the face. I held a motherfucker until someone else could get involved and help us. Or I had to grab somebody to stop them from hurting somebody else. But I'm not a violent person. I don't curse people out like that. Y'all know me mad long. When's the last time you actually saw me go ham on somebody, cursing them out and being like mean? I don't do that. But people don't like the fact that I don't back down. People don't like the fact that if you try to be like, yo, Chris, but you're making stuff up. No, I'm not. And I'm going to hold that. I'm not making shit up. And it's offensive that you gaslighting me. Then all of a sudden, they, they oh, oh, well, because they making shit up. And they just got called on it. And, and I'm like, it limits me. Part of how you navigate the world is you shut the fuck up sometimes. Part of how you navigate the world is you let your ego go. You let your feelings go. And even if people are dead ass wrong, you say, you know what? You're right. Just so you can move on. I don't know if peace. I've ever heard that before. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think we do it every day. I think we do it to make sure that we don't. Uh, I think I call it the, the, the house Negro syndrome where we have to please massa. Right. And so there are certain things you're not going to say to massa, whoever massa is. Massa could be the old white man at work. Massa could be, you know, a friend of yours that is, you know, uh, of a certain thought, thought mindset. The, you know, it can be so many people. And I think a lot of times we play down and don't play up because if we play up, then other people are intimidated and it's a problem. And I, I don't... I don't live like that. I, I am a very like brutally honest person, even in my relationship. Uh, there are times where I say things and I'm not saying them to be mean. I'm not saying them to you know, cause conflict, though I may know conflict may be started based on what I'm saying. I don't shuck and jive away from that. Like I have to, I have to be honest because I don't think that you know, in relationships, of any type, romantic, friend, family, whatever the case, 
Um, I don't think those relationships can grow if you're not honest, if you don't say what you have to say. I'm I'm living that same thing, but like my the person I wish I was, you got, what's his name? James Mace. I don't I can't get his name right, but the dude who was just recently on uh, yeah mine is loud, who was just recently on um, Joe Rogan, the black dude, the blues player, who he he's talked a bunch of white men out of the KKK. You seen this guy? He's an old black dude, old blues player, and he has a bunch of KKK robes because guys who have like become his friend and are like, I'm out, and giving him the robes, and now they work with him. And he, he goes around and plays blues, but he meets people in the KKK, and he just h- hangs out with them. And sometimes it might take three years. But he's just like, let's go have a drink. Let's go blah, blah. And then they end up leaving because of him. That's some gangster shit. And it's not, mostly he's like, I just let them talk. Yeah, that's some gangster shit. I just let them talk, and when they say what they say, I don't get mad. I'm just like, wow, man, I can't believe you feel that way. Okay, why is that? Why is that? And he's just, he's not there to defend his point. He's just there to listen to them. He'll, if, if there's a, an obvious, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, contradiction, he'll be like, okay, well, how could this be if this is this? And then they'll be like, oh, man, that's because it is. And then three days later, they're like, I thought about it. You know, whatever. It's not as smooth as I'm making it sound, but he's he's talked a lot of men out. Yeah. And they have them to his house, like, while they're still in the KKK, like, you know. Um, no, I think it's important, man. I think it's, I it's one of those guy. things that, um, it's one of those things that if we're not able to be honest uh, with those people and... You know, uh, different people go about it different ways. You know what I mean? A lot of people get to the truth, um, you know, in in a myriad of uh, situations, in a myriad of ways. But I just think the best thing is the conversation and the honesty in the conversation. As long as I can be honest with you, as long as I can be honest with you, um, we can we can have a relationship. If I can't be honest with you, if I can't like clearly tell you something without having to shuck and jive like that's not a relationship i want to be in i always think about how you would say to people like let's say you're talking to a christian person and you're always like you gotta love your brother as you would love yourself you're like i do love them that's why i'm blah 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 but you can't ever say this because you i would be wrong to say it but i'm always like yeah, but that's how, I guess, you would want them to want you to respond. But how do you think they really, right now, where they are, want you to respond? Yeah. It's funny. I, uh, I My girlfriend does, like, can't. a lot of podcast stuff. She has a blog. She does women-based podcasts, women voices, and, you know, women-centric spaces. And um, she's, like, heavy in the podcast game. Uh, she does this thing every Tuesday called uh, the Tuesday Pod, uh, com And... She has like some amazing quotes on there from women, and one of the quotes on there was, um, "Don't don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat people the way they want to be treated." Mm. And mm. I love that. She, I fucking love that. I think it's so true. I think it's just exactly what the fuck we should be striving to do because we have this because of the patriarch and i think it's because of what he was saying uh chris said earlier about the patriarchy has taught us how to deal how to talk about women how to talk about things and even sometimes when when women speak to us or when men speak to women about women or whatever the case may be or 
just the way that we communicate about certain things is systematic and it's socialized at times. And I think this idea that we've learned that we have to treat people like we want to be treated is a very self selfish and like self-serving thing when you may not want the same things that I do. Morality to me is not morality to you. And so figuring out how to go about getting people to understand what you're saying, but also like getting it on their own terms, I think is it's so important. That's such a uh, such a gift. It's hard to even know how to approach that. And a lot of it is about ego and about getting out of your own way and 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 not disregarding, but like yeah, not being so caught up in your own feelings. You've yeah. like had that face on, like you're gonna drop a major turd soon. It's not that. It's like definitely up here. It's like uh, oh, it's in your diaphragm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard that I might have a herniated diaphragm. What? How? I I don't know. It just came, popped out. Like I took a CT scan and it was like a mild herniated diaphragm. It's like some weird shit. They say it's like really serious, but my doctor was like, eh. I can't stand it. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what to do, dude. It was just like, okay. My girlfriend's like, no, please go, go to the doctor. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like I haven't made an appointment yet. It's been like five months. We out here. (laughs) We are out here. I feel like I want to go to a church, into a cathedral sometime, and just go, Lord. We out here. <laughs> oh, oh, what you're always saying about dealing with people and the way they want to be treated. I, I find that to be a reasonable burden, yet an unreasonable expectation in, in practice. Because if you're dealing with people that are unwilling to do that towards you, what do you end up doing all the time? And I, we may have talked about this before, but this idea like you got family members that are really rude or you have family members that can be very dismissive, right? And uh, or I do. And at what point do you stop catering to that stuff? And you get people who tell you like, well, yo, that's your uncle. That's your aunt. You need to recognize that's their personality type. Why don't they recognize my personality type? Why are we going to have 40 years of me dealing with meanness before a person's like, stop being mean? Why do I have to keep catering to meanness? Because it makes it easier. So then we don't have to argue during Thanksgiving. I don't know about all that anymore. And, it, and it, it makes me think a lot of times, like, if I'm talking to a person and they happen to have irrational fears or they happen to be anxious over certain things, that's not my fault. And sure, I can be aware of it and I can understand it and be empathetic, but it doesn't mean I have to then not be myself. So it's one thing if you got an irrational fear of heights. I got, I'm, I'm acrophobic. Like, I'm afraid of heights. So... Don't take Oh, that's right. You didn't want to do the the thing. The video with me. shoot with Mandela also or or what else with you? When we were doing with uh what's what's uh Romy Roma Roma? Oh, well, if he not. I, if I, I he can is. do acro. I'm not afraid of heights. Nah, like but that. you wouldn't put you wouldn't let me put you on top because oh. you were like I'm not going up. Oh, that's a trust thing. Yeah. That, that's more like I don't trust another person not to drop me. Oh. And that is very rational because humans drop people and make mistakes and it's called an accident and that's how people get hurt. But I wouldn't have dropped you, bro. I, you, I, I feel you. I, <laughs> I, I trust you. I, it's just like I don't trust motherfuckers with guns. People are like, but I'm trained with a gun. I don't care. I don't trust you. If it goes wrong, it affects me in a way that I'm unwilling to <laughs> experience. Uh, but so if a person's afraid of heights, 
I'm not going to take him up on a bridge. If a person is afraid of snakes, I'm not going to bring a snake around. But if me... I'm just thinking of picturing you like, I'm not afraid of snakes. You're like, woo! Because <laughs> that's snakes. Yeah, I'm throwing snakes on the plane. Uh, yeah. But, but if, if just me <laughs> saying my opinion draws you into some realm of anxiety in your own mind, how much am I supposed to cater to that and deal with that? How much am I now babysitting your other previous traumas? And we have to find a balance on that. I recognize that, like, yeah, we're communal animals. Like, we're people. We have to communicate. But a part of me is, like, I, I, I'm I, trying to treat people as they would want to be treated. But I also have to respect myself. Yes, also, sir. you know, at a certain point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just had my Cardi B moment for today. Um, I I agree. I agree that you shouldn't uh, cater to anxieties because I don't know that it does anything to help that person uh, grow out of, not grow out of, but uh, better able to deal with those anxieties. But I also think that an example is, uh, I bring my girlfriend up all, like literally all the time. I think I love her. Um, we were in the kitchen one day and I forget what she was like. She was super anxious about something. And uh, <laughs> she was super anxious about something. And I just like, just went straight hood on her ass for a second. I was like, yo, get over that shit. It's good. Just push past it. It doesn't matter. Like, what do you mean, dog? Like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. And she was like, she just got silent and just dove into herself. And she was just like, that's not me. Like, I can't deal with that. You know what I mean? And But that's how I was, that's how I was brought up. Like, get over that shit. And I'm not saying my way is better than hers. I'm not saying her way is better than mine. I'm just saying there are times where you have to push and pull. And I think that you have to give some leeway to certain people because they aren't, they weren't, they, they don't know they may not know how to deal with things the way you know how to deal with them because they maybe they were brought up differently or there's different PTSD and triggers and trauma and you know all the words that we like to use now. Um, and I also just think that it's just like some some people can't. Some people just can't like they they can't go where you go because of who you are. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching a show called Snowfall right now. Fire, love that shit. It's some ratchet shit, but I love it. I don't care. Um, but one of the things that um, they discuss in this is it's it's about uh, the crack era, the 80s, in the 70s, 80s. And uh, there's this kid, he's like 20, 21, and he's uh, building like this crack empire in South Central. He's like one of the first people to really harness the power of crack and like put it harness out in the, the crack. Yeah, and put it out in the community. And people continuously tell him, you're not built for this shit. And he just continues to evolve into a person that is built for it. And it's like a crazy journey to see. It's like nuts to see. But I, I think that some people just aren't built like we are, you know, and, and you have to respect that. I keep, whenever I hear this, I think I just think about like this image of the, the thing and the person that I want to be. I keep hope, hoping and trying, like these, these um, struggles that we go struggle to try to know how to treat people and, having to be patient and having to learn this patience. If you choose if you choose it and it's up to everyone 
to decide to choose it. You don't have to decide to choose it. That might not be the path that is for you. But I always think that when these things come up, that's how not to idealize these these figures because I know they're a human in their own way or maybe they're fictional. But like that Yoda, that um, Obi Wan, that that Nelson Mandela figure where they they have. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you said Yoda, yeah, Obi Wan, Obi Wan, and Nelson Mandela, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm sorry. That was because I imagine those characters are based <laughs> on something real, you know. And so those they just represent like a, um, I don't want to say a Zen, <laughs> but like a grace and an understanding and 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 patience That's through the through the hardest through some of the worst shit. They were able to like be patient and be graceful. And forgive and move past and knock their ego to the side and blah blah and like that's not a place I I remotely am but like I always hope that like that's to me that's like where enlightenment is but like that's not a thing you go to a cave or a mountain for I feel like the opportunities for that are placed in front of us all the time of like this is not my job, but uh, how can I, how can I endure this? I just think about like, you know, there was a point where like riding 15 miles on a bicycle to me was like, how the fuck am I gonna do this? And then I got to a point where I could ride 100 plus in a day. And getting to the point where like this thing that was impossible became my daily life. I mean, uh, yeah. n- not, not to cut you off, but. <laughs> I'm not motherfucking Yoda. I'm not Obi-Wan. I'm not goddamn Nelson Mandela. I'm a motherfucker from D.C. that has his own traumas, triggers, and experiences. And the fact that I don't know how many different times I'm told, well, you got to respect what happened to other people. What, where does the, where they got to respect what the fuck happened to me part come in? And, and that's the wall I'm hitting. It's like because I come off with a certain type of attitude or I have a certain type of bravado or I have a certain amount of seemingly self-confidence, People think I can take a pile of shit that other people can't so that when the shit goes haywire, Chris, shut the fuck up and eat that. And these other soft motherfuckers, we got to cater to them. Maybe I'm soft too. Maybe motherfucking I got the underbelly and I'm like a fucking armadillo. You roll me on the side, I'm just as soft as everybody else. And I'm, and I'm kind of like hitting a wall on the expectation of the how many excuses will be made for the other person that I'm having a conflict with when I'm getting no leeway and, and for what? And, and like, what does that do to my sanity over time? What does that do to my understanding of self over time? What does that do to like my ability to stand up for myself? If like every time I try to make a statement where I'm not calling people names, I'm not cursing them out, I'm not threatening them, but I'm still too much, but I'm not getting much of what I want out of it either. Well, then, I, and they like, well, you need to compromise more. I already am. Like, the fact that when a person made false assumptions, I kept asking them why, how. Let me sort you through that. Let me talk you through it so you know that your assumptions are false. That's already compromised. Instead of me being like, oh, you're just being presumptuous, motherfucker. Fuck you. That wouldn't be compromised. Why do you have to deal with these people? It's the world, man. And, and I think I work in communities of people. I don't have the, the interest or the leeway in working by myself all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, part of of what the reality is, I go in the Polish store, and until I started learning to speak Polish a little bit, 
they treated me differently. But as soon as I learned to accommodate and say, you know what, I'm going to learn to say hello, goodbye, thank you, they start communicating with me more. And so part of it was on me to put some effort into communicating with people. Mm -hmm. So I know that like part of this is I do have to put effort into communicating with people. I do have to try to recognize their history, their backstory. But I'm also hitting the wall on like, all right. I'm giving and trying, I'm giving and trying, and you're not doing anything. Yeah, are y'all cats going to try to learn how to say hello to me in the way I say it also? And and it's just something that's just been coming up recently. And I it's funny, though. <laughs> if they learn how to say hello like you say hello, and you learn how to say hello like they say hello, then you should just, then you could just keep saying hello how you say it and they say it. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the effort is a thing, but I think... We I all want to the whole thing. Yeah, I, I think the effort. I think the effort of giving to or like um, letting them know that they are seen, like letting these people know, even if I don't agree. There are plenty of times where we come in here and we don't agree, but like the 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 effort in trying to understand and trying to see my point of view is all that I ask. That's the only reason that this works. And I think that what we want, what I want from any relationship is just you to try. You know what I mean? Like, even if you say it wrong, if you walk into the Polish store and I was Polish, I can't say that. I'm not Polish. If you walked into my, (laughs) (laughs) if you walked, uh, if you came to North Carolina and you, you rolled on the block and you said, you know, something to us and it wasn't the way we said it, you know, but the fact that you're speaking to me is what's important to me, not how you say it. You know what I mean? And so, uh, again, I think we just need to accommodate each other's languages and try to understand them. And as long as there's effort on the other side, cool, we can rock. There's not effort on the other side. Fuck you. I don't need you. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to roll alone. That's that's the part where I, I, I don't know if I can... I get to fuck you. I don't need you all the time. And even even when I'm committed to it, I always feel like this is the wrong choice. Um, I, I, I don't feel reconciled about it. There's a quote that you're making me, you guys are making me think of, a Gary Shandlin quote. Like, I don't know how much you know about it. He's just He's a comedian who was on TV and he died a few years ago. And um, he had like some like very like big deal shows in the comedy community. So anyway, he... Um, he was like a lifelong Buddhist, and he had a crazy life where he had an older brother who was basically like his twin who died of cystic fibrosis, like, super young. And his mom was, like, a little bit of a narcissist, and his dad was kind of timid. And his brother just died. They didn't let him go to the funeral, and they just never talked about it again. Like, his brother was with him every day for, like, 10 years. Then he died. Then they just acted like he never was born. And so he lived that trauma, and then... Buddhism and comedy kind of helped him heal from that and he just ended up becoming this guy who was like a mentor and a big brother to like a lot of younger comics including like like Kevin Nealon and Jim Carrey and Dave Duchovny and uh, Jed Apatow and um, who's uh, Suli McCullough who was Crazy Legs and and, uh, 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 uh don't be a menace to South Central. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I got dreams. Like, that was one of his protégés and all these people. So he mentored all these people. So uh, whatever. But he had this quote that I think about all, all the time. And he, it, it just really resonates with me. He says, uh, 
A man is someone who gives love that he never received. And that shit fucks me up. That because that is the that is the thing that I think a lot of us can relate to of like nobody did this or that for me and it's always valid. I can name ten things that I feel like why didn't I get this? Why isn't I why wasn't I worthy of getting it? And like uh, sometimes I have the opportunity to make a choice. Am I going to give this to the... I now have it in my power to give this to the such and such person. Am I going to do it? Or should they, you know, struggle like I struggled? Or I, I'm going to have the power to give this to this person and I know that chances are slim they will ever be able to give this back to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they will ever decide to. I, I, don't, know, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I do say that for me, that's where that's where I hope I'm heading. That I have I can do that. That I can decide to do. That. That's where I, I hope that I'm heading. And I also am in full understanding that that is not everybody's choice. That's not everybody how everyone's choosing to conduct themselves. I think that's okay. I don't think uh, the world will work the way it's supposed to if we're all making the same choices. I think that there's certain choices that I'm supposed to make, that you're supposed to make, that you're supposed to make. Oh. Oh, shit, Corona. Right. <laughs> now, now one, one thing is, I could be totally wrong, but I believe Gary Chandling is also known for being a notorious asshole. Uh, oh, yeah, he was an asshole for sure. <laughs> so I love when people do these quotes like they're so humanist, and then they life. The reason they have these quotes is because they live almost opposite to them. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think there's also this this idea of like it's one thing to say let's give people love. It's one thing to say let's be understanding of other people's perspectives. It's one thing to say keep an open mind or like let people know they're being seen in a conversation. I'm talking on some old like if I'm like, yo, Carrie, how come uh how come you wearing this gray sweatshirt? And your response is like, What you don't like my sweatshirt, dog? Like what the fuck? And I'm like no, like literally, I was just asking. Uh, you like the color? You like how it feels? Uh, did you grow up wearing champion sweatshirts? Like, it's just a question. But your immediate response is so strong. <laughs> I probably would have got real strong. I'm like, bro, why the fuck you asked me? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be like, why the fuck are you asking me? <laughs> and so I'm running into that where it's like, yo, I, I'm literally am, am not out here like like trying to cause a problem. And and so I'm just hitting a wall on it. And so I don't mean to occupy this conversation with all this, but it, it gets into like I'm a, in the same exact spot you're in right now. I'm in the same. So I I I like you're not. This conversation is not boring to me at all. I'm in that same exact spot. Oh, if we talking about Facebook, you're being rude on the internet, right? On the internet, you're being rude, right? You're you're telling people if <laughs> that they're liars, the they're duplicitous, oh yeah, and they're they're not trustworthy. Yeah. So why don't you give us give us a little tidbit of what's been going on? Okay, now this is interesting. Okay, so I this is this is my this is the premise that I've been living under, which could be very false, and and everything you're saying is true, and that's some it's something I do, and I get flack for all the time, and I just don't think that it's bad. I I never have understood when people are like, "Are you accusing me of lying?" Yeah. <laughs> people lie all the time. You what don't the fuck? you don't know why that's offensive to people. I get that it's offensive, but I I don't agree that it's um that it's something preposterous that I'm saying. Like, 
people lie all the, I've lied I've lied to you since I've been here. People lie. Why? Why are you lying? Why are you to us, lying? Bro? I don't know. People what lie. Did you lie what about? did you lie about? I have no idea. I, no, that's a lie right there. You definitely know what you lied about. I know. I don't know. <laughs> if I can figure it out, I'll tell you. All I'm saying, I think people. What the fuck are you talking about right now? <laughs> now I'm getting fucking mad. People, people are fucked up. Why are we starting with assumption? Look. So, so what's the premise? What, what was this the thing premise, you're doing on the, the internet? This was the. This is the idea. This is. A, I've been watching like. A lot of, uh, <laughs> I've been watching like a lot of like, oh, um, uh, um, so there's two things that's happening, none of which I disagree with. Uh, Elizabeth Warren lost because of sexism, so much sexism going on. Um, the other thing is like, she's the best candidate, she's the most qualified candidate. I have no intelligence or knowledge about any of these things. I'm sure everything they're saying is true. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, and then, but a lot of it, so like the difficult part for me is like, oh, if you guys, America's so sexist, if we weren't so sexist, then she would win. And I'm not a Warren supporter. And what that makes me think is, the only reason I must not be a Warren supporter is because I hate women. That is what I'm led to believe when I read those posts. Because my my opinion, my position is not based on, literally the bird meme with Bernie Sanders when the bird lands on the podium, that's the only reason I like Bernie. For that, just because of that meme, he's like, the bird lands up. I'm like, oh shit, that's the one. That's what I'm voting for. That's li- I know nothing. I know nothing. Okay, bro, so and then, use your platform responsibly, bro. Like, yo, why are you saying meme, that, bro? Because it's true. <laughs> I'm not gonna not say shit. That's that, yo. It's true. I'm oh just God. saying what's true. <laughs> I look at when I look at Warren. I think she seems very presidential. I think. Everything that people say about her seems true to me, but I'm not going to say that I like her as much as Bernie. I literally, I just like Bernie better. I, li- I like him more. Um, I don't think I like her. I like uh, Biden as much as Warren. If Bernie weren't in the race, I'd probably support Warren, but I like Bernie. And, um, and it's not coming from an informed position. I know nothing, bro. I know nothing. And so, but there's a, so, but then so the thing is like, oh, your sex is blah, blah. Like nobody said that directly to me, but the cacophony of like all the the liberals that I'm surrounded by makes me feel like it, it's like a it's like if you were eight years old and you knew what AIDS was, and I said you have AIDS, and you're like how well, how do you how do you know? I just know you have it. There's no way for you to check. There's no way for you to ever know. So you're just living in this terror of like, but it's it's in you. It's deep in you. You can't get it out. Wh- what? And that's what's the sexism? Th- like, I don't. When, if you say that I have it, I'm like, I, I checked. I thought I didn't have it. You have it. <laughs> and you can't get it out. You just have Bro, it. In what you. the fuck is happening right now? That's how it feels to me. And and here's the other thing. I know that if I feel that way, there must be a lot of other men who feel that way, and it fucks with you. It fucks with you to think, oh, I hate my mother and I hate my sisters and there's nothing I can do about it. And I don't even know that I hate them. I just do. It, would it be possible that you could, you not you specifically, but the universal you, could do a little introspection and say, well, if I'm uninformed and I really don't have a reason to like either candidate and for some reason I like this old white dude more, then there's something to that. Is there? Is there I mean, he's some, also a Jew. It, oh, Lord, here we go. You don't what, Ralph? Stay focused. What I'm help saying me, help is, me f- help me focus. The, on the this. focus would because be to me, when you're saying he's an all white man, I know that the culture that I come from, people, do, a lot of people don't give a fuck about Jews, and they're a minority. So for me to, it's not 
I can't just look at that guy and go, he's just a white dude, because it's too convenient. He's white when he's white, but when he needs to be a uh, when he needs to be a damn whatever is the Jewish slurs are when he needs to be I'm, that. I'm he not. Is I'm that. not. We're I'm not going to devolve so this. So glad you did not say yeah, what you were about gonna to say. Okay. Devolve this into <laughs> any of I'm that. not fucking saw <laughs> your mouth for him. <laughs> oh, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, please, 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 I'm just no. But, but go ahead. He, here's the beauty of Jewish people of European descent in America. After one or two generations, when you see them on the street, they look white. Oh yeah, they get treated like they're white. So, yeah. so for this conversation, he's a white dude that believes in a different religion and Depends may have a different grand grandparents culture. But in terms of uh, he's also a public figure, everybody is aware of. Like we all saw the swastika at the at his rally. Yes, but that the point being though that he's still a man. And the other candidate isn't. And yeah. as somehow, with having no knowledge of either, you're yeah. more comfortable with the man than the woman. Because a bird landed on this. Oh, yeah, the bird. Because I of a bird. With the bird. So an outsider might just say, uh, yeah, you have a problem with women. The, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. They could say that, and it doesn't matter if it's accurate. And it doesn't matter to them how that strikes me, because what if they're wrong? And what if that devastates me? It doesn't well, matter think, to them. I think that's the same as you guys saying that all of Billie Eilish's influence comes from Missy Elliott. You don't actually know that. Yeah, oh, it yeah. kind of looks like that, oh, but yeah. you don't know that. We all do this. Yeah. My thing is, if we all do it, then you got to take that shit when it comes. And you have to be able to search the situation and be like, maybe I can look a little bit closer at myself. And if I look a little bit closer, and it's still not there if the AIDS isn't there, like as you said, like I just don't. I understand that in theory, it's but not it's, there, it's just not that simple when it's when it echoes all the time and it, and it comes so fervent. There's just no way for me to prove it, and it, there's no way for me to prove it not only to anybody else but to myself. So but to, to me, call somebody else a liar. Yeah, why does it mean they're disingenuous for believing this, that? No, this no no no. I'm not saying they're disingenuous for believing that. What I'm saying is there's also um, this argument of if Elizabeth Warren were a man, this wouldn't happen to her. The thing I find strange about that is if Elizabeth Warren were a man, you wouldn't be supporting her because a lot of what if what attracts to you is that she is so competent and so knowledgeable and that she is a woman. That And, and there's no admission of that point. That's a, I think that's a huge thing because part of the reason I voted for Barack Obama is because he's black. It's not the whole reason, but it's a big part of it. And... It's like it's like a oh this is my friend Ralph but he, and he happens to be black. I don't happen to be shit. This is a huge part of who I am. You know what I mean? It's something I identify with. It's part of my culture, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if you're entering into a conversation where you are not admitting that, and that but later you're saying something different, that makes it hard for me to trust you. And then if in four years Warren wants to run again and you have the opportunity to change, either because Sanders lost, he didn't run again, he went in for four years and I don't like the job he did, or or I just develop over time and I go, hmm, let me reconsider this Warren thing. If it comes to you to, to convince me, the culture around her is going to dissuade me because I know even if she is great, which I think she is, the culture around her, I feel like some of these people and this is with any candidate who will have these people, but just the people that I'm around who are making the biggest noise near me, they will say whatever they need to to win. Because if I say, does it factor, you're saying that I don't like her because she's a woman, but you're also saying, on some moments I like her because she's a woman, it doesn't matter to me that she's a woman, she's just the most capable. No, that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, 
this candidate's amazing, and the reason why people aren't seeing their amazingness is because they're a woman. And if she weren't a woman, people wouldn't be having problems. They're not saying that the, yes, the womanness doesn't matter. If she was, if she, but what I'm, what they're saying is, uh, yeah, if she was a woman, if she wasn't a woman, this wouldn't be happening. But what I'm saying is, if she wasn't a woman, you you would not be supporting her. You're you're literally totally twisting what the person's saying to you to conveniently not deal with the question. Well, help me help me see that. The idea is like your problem. It's not about her. They're, they're talking about your problem. Your problem is with the womanness, and that if she weren't a woman, you wouldn't have a problem. It's Who's not it you. Is it me? In this case, whoever's the recipient of the conversation. So in this case, you. Yes. And so it's not saying that her womanness isn't a factor in who she is or why people are voting for her. What they're saying is, for you, the problem you have isn't the policy. The problem you have isn't the way they present themselves. The problem is that the person's a woman. And that if the person weren't a woman, you wouldn't have a problem. It's not saying that the person's politics aren't tied into womanness. It's not saying that the womanness doesn't matter. It's just addressing how you respond to womanness. That's uh, see, and again, that's, that's and I think what he's trying to say is I'm not responding to her being a woman. I just like somebody else better. And the fact that you're telling me, and this is what you were saying with uh, women telling you how they feel about certain things, and then your uh, uh, Chris, your point to well, they kind of got how they feel about things from the patriarchy so not everything that they're feeling is what they're actually feeling how do you how do you, uh, yeah, how do you i think i i think he's trying how to do say you parse all that out how do you tell me that the only reason i'm not rocking with her is because i'm a woman and i and and, and i i understand that because i've asked the same question too i think in this situation though in this space I think a lot of what happens is we get so tied up in proving that we're not sexist and proving that we don't. Oh, it's that impossible. We, like, that we're, we get so caught up in proving that we're supporting Bernie for the right reasons that we become exactly who they say we are. And so for me, it's, it's not even about... Uh, choosing Warren because she's a woman or whatever it is. It's literally knowing why you side with Bernie. Because I think if, if, if your argument is that Bernie is a progressive, he has been in the game for years and years and years, I really believe he'll help. I, you know, whatever the, whatever the points are, whatever the yeah, platform points stuff. are, but when the you bird, can do though. that. The bird, though. Yeah, but, that, but see, that's what it is. Because when you say that, that's like you don't actually believe in his platform. You don't actually believe in him. You're a comedian. You thought it was funny, so you float toward it, and this yeah. is a comfort zone for you. Yeah. And so that's what I, I, I think we have to understand that a lot of times we just got to shut the fuck up and vote. It doesn't matter what, okay, maybe, maybe See, you're that right. It was tough because to me, that, that space is how you get a Trump vote. Because if people do, because I feel Not like. Not if you vote. I say, I say shut the fuck up when it comes to this. Because you're not going to win. No, but I don't, I don't want to win. Exactly. I just, so I just, just vote. I just want to have the conversation. But if, if when we have the conversation, you're, uh, and I don't, I don't blame anyone for this because this is, this is everything that we're talking about. We're talking about 
seemingly at the moment, it seems and feels like everything. So I don't blame anyone. But what I felt since 2016, when he won, like the only thing I could think of is, is like, I had homies who came out to me and were like, I'm a Trump supporter. And I was like, what, my dude? <laughs> what? I didn't see it coming. And then what I also, I, this is a dude I stopped talking to straight up because of it. And um, what I what I kept feeling was for a lot of different reasons. But what I feel like is when you're in a when you're in a milieu, when you're in a culture somewhere where you have stuff that's going on, and you're like, but what about this? How come? And no matter how, even if that shit is is ratchet as fuck, but it's a real a sincere question. If you don't get to ask it without people coming for your neck, then in four years you go, <laughs> oh, thank you, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Let me go in here and vote Trump. Trump, I mean, and, and then what? And you could say, well, fuck those people, blah blah. blah but, but they're gonna do that, and w I don't think we have done the best that we could to because I really I don't think it's right. Even as what somebody says is problematic or or fucked up, if it's a sincere question, they should be able to be a conversation about it that isn't condescending, that isn't angry, that isn't hostile. Because if somebody has a sincere question, we should assume, it's just like when people are like, why are you asking the stupid question? I do not believe in that. I, do, I don't believe, there's I mean, around me, I don't believe in stupid questions. <laughs> I don't believe in it. You I mean, should be able to ask. There, there are a bunch of different levels to it. One is sure, we should be able to have discussions about what society should be in an open space and, and the people we think are best equipped to guide us in that direction. Politics is one of those arenas. Uh, but like we were talking about, like people argue over sports. People argue over baseball cards. People argue over who is going to win Survivor on TV. So they're definitely going to go ham over politics where it's literally life and death. It's literally are we going to get health care or not? Will more motherfuckers go to jail or not? So it makes sense people get really amped about it. And, and I do understand the, the imposition of like argument form. So I'm not a fan of prosecutors. Like, I get that in our society. We need lawyers and we need judges and we need cops, I guess. And we need to be able to enforce some sense of order in our society. Do I think it happens properly? Hell no. It, it, I don't know what it would take to get me to vote for a prosecutor, for someone whose job it was to put people in jail. You ever been to jail? You ever seen, you spend two nights in jail and see how many people you want to actually have to go through that? You know, let alone put motherfuckers in for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and what that does to society. So it would be hard so when Kamala Harris was running. People are like, oh, you don't like her? Massage noir. You don't like women who are black. And I'm like, see, I don't even question if I love my mother. Of course I love my mother. But she was helping keep motherfuckers out of jail. She was like, I'm a cop, you idiot. Yeah. You know, the, the person I don't like is the person that puts motherfuckers in jail. And I'm comfortable with being able to have that discussion. And hopefully the person will talk through it long enough so we can get to the fact of, I do not hate women. I oh, do not hate black women. That point right there, talk through it long. Yo, the amount of people who is like, they go through with me for like maybe 15 minutes, which seems long, but like some conversations could take three days. And I'm just cutting you off. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yo, when I tell you, it makes me angry. What really, really does is it breaks my fucking heart because we might have found we might have found utopia and nirvana at the end of three days or whatever it is, but because you were just like annoyed and cut me off here, now our relationship is yeah, dead. Yeah, but you can't expect somebody to have the endurance that you do. I don't expect do. it. You I'm do. Just, I'm you just, do no, because you're like, I what hope we for could it. have is I, I just, I'm hoping for it. Yeah, but then don't put the, 
don't put the pressure of that hope on somebody else because that's yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not somebody else's. Well, I don't, I don't blame them for it. All, but it does hurt. It does, it does hurt, and it does make me sad because you hope that we can. The things we're talking about at this moment are difficult, and it both of us will be upset and go through things to get to it. But like, this is what all the shit is made of. This is what all this shit is made of. I mean, I get it, and I am the person that you are. I, I will talk for hours to to get to the point because I, one, I I just don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. We talked about it. I I want to deal with it, and maybe that's not going to happen today. I get that. Maybe it's not going to happen. But like, I I want to get it out. Like, I want to say I'm. I can I can put it all out there. But there are people who cannot speak as much and put their thoughts together as well in a moment that we may be able to. And so for oh, them I'm, to I'm good step if they back. Wanna, yeah, no, but I'm saying when they, like, it's over. We don't talk anymore. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that they, is what but, happens. But they, they also may and we cut you be, off to, yeah, to, sorry, to say all that. <laughs> well, but they, they may not be able to process. Like, the, the way you said it could take three days. It could take a year to have this conversation. It also could take three days or a year for them to process. And so when they step away, it may not be I'm stepping away forever. I'm stepping away for always, but I'm stepping away until I understand how I feel about this or until I grow enough to be able to have this conversation. Because you're not going to talk. You're not going to talk to a two year old about crack cocaine in South Central. You're just not. They don't understand the ramifications of that. Right, like not they. Me. Just I was don't. serving on the big wheel. You're not gonna talk to a two year old about like Santa Claus isn't real. Like they don't understand that. They don't understand that mom and dad had to go out and get these. It's easier to explain to them, mm. yo, Santa Claus, because that's how they can digest it. But when they get 14, and they can see the world a little bit differently, then you can be like, all right, bro, like enough with the Santa Claus shit. Like it's mom well, and dad. And, and there is also a certain element of how how welcoming are uninformed conversations. You know what I'm saying? And I do get like uh, when I was in California, I, I had a did a whole bunch of shows, and one of the shows I was able to do a long set. And most of the other shows, there were other people on the bill. There were time constraints because of noise, this and that. We didn't have big stereo speakers, and so I was doing more like poetry and readings, or whatever. But for the last show, we had the sound system. The sound man was dope. I was able to do music, raps, poems. And I read from the book on, like, Thoughts of an Angry Black Man. And afterwards, this woman came up to me, and she was like, you mind if I ask you a question? I'm like, please. Like, part of what I want to do is exchange. She was like, do you ever get, like, educational fatigue where you're sick of explaining things to people that don't have the same background that you do? And I'm like, nah, because I'm asking you to, to come talk to me. Like, I'm presenting in a way where I say, come ask me questions. And the real thing she was getting to, though, is like, is it the job of the person to put in the emotional labor if they already are the receiver of institutional oppression? Is it the, the, the responsibility of a person to always explain to people who've never put in effort to try to understand something? And so, like, there's certain conversations I'd be willing to have 
and that could go two or three days if I know the person involved had actually put in some time or effort to knowing what they're talking about before coming to me about it. When people want to make outrageous statements that are just ill-informed or in a definitional sense like ignorant, not like positive negative, but just like really they know nothing about what they're talking about, there's a frustration to me because there's an assumed equivalence when there isn't. If, if I don't argue with astrophysicists because I don't know anything about astrophysics, I listen to them. And then I may ask questions about what they've said or things that I've read about, but it would be unfair for me to roll into some person who studied astrophysics for 35 years and be like, oh, your theory on orbitals is just totally bullshit. They're supposed to look at me and be like, do you even know what an orbital is? And, and so I think in some of these conversations... <laughs> That's really funny. Isn't that the rotations of the planets around the sun? Like the, the way that they go? I don't know. I don't know anything about astrophysics. I would but love I believe to go so. okay. I would love I to do what so. you just I would do that all day. Man, you don't know shit about orbitals. You know what orbitals are? I have no idea. <laughs> you know? I would love to do that. <laughs> and so I think part of it is like, like how much effort or how much attachment do people have to some of their conversations? Like when people want to get into some of the race, class, gender conversations, and you're like, does it matter to you? Is this just some like... You saw something on TV, you want to argue about something, and it really doesn't affect your life at all. And it's like a game, an intellectual game, whereas to me, I'm giving you an experiential, emotional, and intellectual conversation. You know, like, how do these things match up? And so I think that's part of why people sometimes get frustrated. They're like, I'm not talking about this. It's a, it's a hard thing, but I try to assume, I try to assume that everyone is doing their absolute best even if that best in that moment is fucked up, all that all that position does for me is allow me to get angry slower. And like I try to engage and assume they're assume they're coming with the best intention, even if it's fucked up not not if they punch me in the face or hurt one of my loved ones, but if they approach and assume it's sometimes people are just fucked up from other trauma in their lives and they just wanna fight. They just have, they just built, they just ready to go. I need to fight with somebody about something because I, they got fucked back there. Um, whatever it is, or it might not even be that deep. I, I'm trying, so that's the operative term. I'm really trying. I, I, you guys know I'm not living all these things I'm talking about. It's just purely a theory or an idea that I'm trying to live up to. But um, so at the at the same time, you're. You're assuming the best intentions of people while assuming they're liars. Oh yes. Okay. Just I need to understand that. Uh, yeah, people lie because it, they think it's like the Louis C.K. joke. He has a great joke about that. Or about like little kid. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about him. Anyway, this is a great joke. <laughs> he has this great joke about like little kids lie, and he's like, "Why do little kids?" He's like, "Of course they're lie because they're this big, and you come. Did you eat that cookie? I told you not to eat that cookie. Did you eat that cookie?" The dog, the dog ate the cookie. I mean, you know, I never, I never even liked cookies. Of course, what else would they do? So to me, if 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 I accuse someone of that, to me, it's like there is nothing more human than that. Everyone gets scared, and in the moment when they're panicked and flustered. Today, in imp I was teaching improv class before this, and I play a game. Name five things. Name five cucumbers. Uh oh, fast, fast, go, go, go. And there's a point to the game where you have to, but like at first, if you've never done improv, you're just like, name seven dinosaurs. Uh, uh, go, go, quicker, faster, you know? And so people get, and so I can imagine in life, and somebody is like, you called out, were you sick yesterday? I, I was sick, I was sick, sir. 
I had I had I had AIDS. My I had cancer in my toe. I was about to, you know what I mean, <laughs> bro. Come on, Just, bro. How you going? <laughs> Jesus you know Christ. Man. Oh, but you, but you see, uh, I, thank you. I thought you were upset about the AIDS. <laughs> I thought the AIDS part is the part that I went no, wrong. No, it's that I had motherfucking cancer in my tongue. I'm improv- but this I'm is my point. Now. This is my point. That you can, that the worst today. thing can come out of you just because it's a moment of pressure. And I don't, <laughs> right? That was pure subconscious. Yeah, yeah I, I know. It's really funny. It's fucked up. Oh so, but all, that is my only point is that those things can come out just because it was a moment of pressure. That's not because there's shit, premeditation bro. or people want to hurt you. So, if I accuse someone, of that i'm not saying you're the worst thing you're the scum of the earth i'm basically saying this is some it's like me asking you if you farted or if you it's to me it's just a very human shit uh, pun not intended you know what i mean it's very human and <laughs> i'm not i don't i think that's what is missing that from my perspective if i ask somebody about something like that i am not saying like you're a piece of crap you're a liar you're this you're that to me it's very human to do that to to want to protect yourself, that's yeah. all, that's all I ever mean by that. So, Carrie, I ask you this: Do you do you inherently trust people? Are you do you feel like most people are liars? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't feel like most people are liars, but I do feel like most people want to kill me. Please explain that. So it's it's funny. It's I wild, bro. I recently told my partner this the other day. I um. I constantly, I, I don't know if it's where I grew up or what's happened to me in the past and blah, 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 but there are times, like, y'all, like, no, I'm not, like, I'm not worried about it. But people I don't know, whenever they ask me to, like, come, like, when people ask me to come to the studio, these guys asked me to come to the studio the other day, the nicest dudes in the world. They're so cool, like, super nice. In my head, though, the entire, not the entire time, but like a lot of the time that I was in the studio with them, I was looking around. You know how Sherlock Holmes plans all his attacks before he does it? I was like planning all my attacks. Like if this <laughs> motherfucker comes at me, there's a Patron bottle right over there that's empty that I could grab really wow. fast. I need to take him out and him out, and then I'd have him to deal with. But I know hand-to-hand combat, I'm definitely beating that ass. Like Maybe this I, is why Delo De- De- never goes anywhere by himself. He always rolls. Maybe that's why. Because I, I don't. I just. Wild style. I think people are always gonna try to. I. I hope that I don't get like shot or stabbed to die like that's not my way to die because that's just like the word or a snake bite like I don't want to get bit by a snake not in my bed like I'm not afraid of snakes I'm only afraid of snakes in my bed God damn this is specific. I sound like well no because when I was a kid I saw this discovery channel thing and this black mamba got in the bed with this lady and she just like moved her foot and it bit her and she died and I was just like that's like the most scary thing. Like, spiders don't scare me in the bed, nothing. But, like, if a snake was in my bed, you I'd shit myself. You think Kobe Bryant killed that lady? All right. I'd Where am I going? shit myself. Where am I going? But, like, right yeah, I just feel like people want to kill me, man. I don't know why. I, and I think I'm a nice guy. I don't know that people actually want to kill me, but I just feel like they want to, like, take advantage of me and, like, steal my shit. And in the process, they're going to kill me. That makes sense. I mean, there is, like, that's, a, that's another thing that I think, see, I don't think you're you're crazy for that, and I also don't blame those people because that's I think that's another part of being human is like enmity toward your brother because it's like it's not even that they hate you. That's to me that's a reflection of 
anytime somebody wants to kill somebody else, that's a reflection of something they have in themselves, like something they can't forgive themselves for, something more, something they don't like themselves for, and you got to pay the price for that. Yeah. I feel like that's what that is. But that, to me, also is like, that's just human beings trying to work out their shit. That's not... That is the thing I'm always trying to explain is like, I don't, I don't to get to the, if you can ask me this question, like, I, I trust people, but I also, I know that we're all fucked up and I don't think that's a terrible thing. I think we're all dealing with shit going on inside of us, all kinds of crazy, wild shit that happened to every one of us from whatever direction that we're trying to work out and the wires can get crossed, you know, like, you might have had a bad acid trip. You might have, who knows what happened to you? And you, and and you and and so we're all we're all trying to work that shit out. Like the mind state that this is something I go back to all the time. But the mind state that Mike Tyson had versus what he has now, just because of where he came from and how he lived his life and what he's had to go through to get there. Like we, uh, the shit that my dad tells my dad is what, yo, the shit that my dad he, he's like. Uh, Forgive me, Pop, but my dad's very open. He's like, yeah, I tried to kill your mom before. He's <laughs> straight up. He's like, let me tell you about the time I tried to kill your mom. I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you, man? He's like, ha, ha, it was crazy in the 80s. <laughs> I'm like, you know, why? Why? And, but that's to me, it's like that's humanity, though. And I just, I see that and I'm like, cool. I, I don't. Uh, so um, I also have trust issues for sure. I trust also, have, I definitely have trust issues, but I don't, I don't think, I don't look down on anybody for having those things. I just think some one type of these things or another is wrong. I don't want you murdering anybody or abusing anybody or whatever, but I also don't, I can look at a lot of flaws people have and be like, whatever, man, we're trying to get through. So I don't, but if I accuse someone of something, it's usually because I'm like, probably gonna lie to me about this and if i'm wrong i'm wrong i just have to apologize for it but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna test it and know it, it takes a while to get you to apologizing you're you're not one that okay. likes to eat crow. i don't think you've ever apologized to me what really i don't think that you've ever done something to warrant an apology also i think it's fair to say you know i'll be trying it does take a while it's, it hurts it hurts the ego but i try to get them out i should be trying to get this shit out I'm trying to run back and forth and get it out. I try to because I know they're important, but uh, I'm I'm I, I'm just like I'm a human being. I'm man. a I'm a I say I I I'm I'm pretty good at apology, apologizing. Yeah, right. <laughs> apologizing. No, I am. Like yeah. I swear to God, I'm one of those people that like if I fuck up, I'm like my bad. I fucked up. It may take me like that hour to be like, man, you fucked up. You did. You definitely did that shit wrong. Like I definitely have to have a conversation with me. But like I am one of those people, I'll apologize. Like if I if 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 I think I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. If I don't think I did some shit wrong, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not apologizing. I don't care. I mean, I think it is one of the it's right up there next to forgiveness with me. It's like one of the most important things a person can do. I hold it up very high. I, it's very hard, so I maybe I'm not great at it, but I do believe in it and I do try to I do try I do try. It's very, being able to apologize is very important. Being able to forgive is, it's life and death to me, man. Like, imagine, um, yo, this is a crazy, th- but like, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, Ali Frazier. I think, I think Frazier went, went to his grave and he never forgave Ali. 
And that shit is, that's, yo, he was bitter his whole way to the grave. And I think it was mostly because he never forgave Ali. And, and there's probably a lot of other people he didn't forgive. Maybe. Uh, apparently he's a sweet guy, but like, where, that shit corroded him. Where did him. we even draw this conclusion of this man's bitterness and being tied to Muhammad oh, Ali? Oh, because I watched a documentary about him and I read books about him. That was but like, you never even met this man. This is what I mean. I'm just going, for, I'm just, yeah. just this, going this by is, books, but like, this, what his son is, says is his son, <laughs> that he died. They never had that last conversation and he was always angry about it. And he never could, you know what I mean? So while the world was loving Ali, he was just like, yo, Fuck this dude, and 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 it's just maybe he did. Maybe on his deathbed he was able to do it, but shit like that makes me sad because it's like those are two gladiators, and they were supposed to love each other because Ali ended up being friends with a lot of the people he fought, and Frazier was his biggest opponent, bigger than even Foreman, and he never, they never were able to look back and laugh about it. And I'm not not like a big boxing guy, but I'm a big Ali guy, and I think about that, and it hurts. It hurts. I think being able to forgive and being able to apologize. I think Ali tried to apologize, and Fraser just never gave. But that's just a, a story. I'm not sure if Ali ever did apologize. He he always talked good about him in the years to pass, and the years to follow. And that was like the big thing with, with Foreman. Foreman immediately went back to Ali. Was like, you know, I'm 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 sorry because he was talking a lot of shit, and they became friends. He mentored him, and it helped then forming to go on to become heavyweight champion like stories like that to me are oh that's beautiful but that's only because of there was an apology and there was forgiveness well uh, i know i i've been told that i'm exasperating i'm exhausting i i think you can be i don't admit wrong or i i will will run a, an issue into the ground in certain ways I haven't experienced that with you in person I think that's only on the internet I, I, there are times that you yeah the, I think yeah, that's, only, that's what I was about in person, I mean, like in, in, person in person it can be also. but w it's easier to understand but and then we can move past it but the internet it, I think all of us I definitely have that problem on the internet in person depending on the threshold of the person if they're if they can't if they can't go 12 rounds uh, nah, also I'm all depending on the already. issue I think if it's something that you more so have a personal stake in. Uh, I I think it. There are times where I've been like, yo, I I can't do this anymore. I I I can't. Yeah, well, for sure. So I I think it and it also comes down to like I, I don't mind apologizing. Like if if I basically am around my partner a lot, so I there are a lot of times I got to be like, yeah, you're right, and because she's right. And I got to be like, yeah, I said something. I didn't know what I was really talking about. And Melissa we look is it just up. a wise presence, bro. And, uh, Melissa is so cool. She is the that, coolest. That's one of the benefits of the internet. It's like, oh, this movie came out at this time. Nope, we just look it up. We don't have to spend 20 minutes arguing. We look it up, and I say <laughs> yeah. I'm that's right or wrong, fair. and we get past it. Now, when it comes to other issues, I, I'm running into the thing of like, I grew up in a household where like my mom's an attorney, and she's not like a work for a big corporation attorney. She's she was like a civil rights lawyer. She worked in a university. She was around like academics, but worked with a lot of young people. So she's also used to what young people do as like bullshit like arguments. So I kind of learned not to argue unless I was right. Cause she would chop it up. Like if I came with some bullshit, it was getting chopped up. If I was presenting a false premise, it was getting chopped up. If I was trying to make statements with no evidence, it was getting chopped up. And it would just make me feel stupid and feel bad. And then I'd have to also apologize after realizing I didn't even know what I was talking about. 
and and so there is another thing of like i i don't mind apologizing i don't have like an ego thing around that it's just weird in the problem people have where they're like well back to this kind of like arrogant negro thing of like why you think you write all the time and it's like i don't you notice how many things i never talk about like literally if we do a list when's the last time i argued about who the best rapper is not doing that. When's the last time I talked about Shingy. Okay, <laughs> how the New York train system <laughs> should work? You know, there are tons of things I choose not to argue about because I don't know shit. But in a few things where if I'm going to spend 20 minutes arguing, it's probably because I've spent you know. years trying to understand that shit. And so it's going to take me longer to come off and be like, all right, yeah, what totally wrong. What do you do wrong. when you go against somebody who has the same exact... Ooh. Knowledge base as you. I went to Columbia too, bro. It's definitely not about where you go to school or if you I went to know, school. I know. No, just it, somebody that you yourself a level playing. You yourself validate their knowledge base. Because like I would I, like to be fair, like you did go to Columbia. Not everybody can go to Columbia, and a lot of times when you're coming into a situation, like if Columbia is having a debate, if Columbia and fucking I don't know New York Community College are in a debate together. I'm putting my money on Columbia, just keeping it real. Like, that's a level playing field. I mean, that's not a level playing field. I've also learned that there are a lot of people in academic institutions that use their intelligence to not learn and use their intelligence to avoid conversations and and are able to use their pedigree. They're able to use the fact that their parents went to that school and their grandparents went to that school to get them in. Uh, And so it's, it's more the idea of, like, I, I enjoy conversations where people put me on the shit. Like, that's that's the beauty of it. Like, right. part of proving me wrong helps me learn. And so, like, I was a cat that was challenging my professors not to be a jerk or to, like, make their lives difficult was the, let's go. Like, like we you know more than everyone in this room about this subject. Don't just give me surface level A, B, and C. When you said A, B, and C, it makes me think this. Put me on. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go deeper. Like, let's excavate this. And and so I love speaking to people that like in, in hip hop conversations, I loved talking about hip hop when people were more informed than I am, because then I'm like, oh, well, so and so did this. And they're like, oh, you realize they got put on through so and so who got put on through so and so and did it through this way. And they work with so and so and did it. And then I'm learning more. And so I don't feel bad at all being like, oh, shit, I didn't even know what I was talking about. It's I'm excited. Like, oh, man. And And when it comes to like social science, when it comes to history, like I think prove me wrong that's part i'm like wanting people to prove me wrong i, I don't lose anything by being wrong because i don't lose a self a sense of self if i'm wrong humans are wrong all the time like all of us are wrong all the time but and what is so that, it's okay what is that paradigm about because i like i'm always like man like I t- I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all hopped up on twitter these days too but like it's always like this album is better than this album this rapper is better than this rapper and i'm always like why are we doing this what what does this have to do with anything like because you're also talking about something that can't be all three of us here have different favorite rappers who who who's to say who's better than who because the reasons that i like them are very personal the reason you like what you like are very personal the reason you like what you like are very personal drake is the greatest of all time and so if we're like if we're dealing with like fact-based things i guess that's fair too but like I I uh, of like there can be a right and wrong, but I'm always I always wonder like we fall into these um constructs of competition or these constructs of a binary of who's right and wrong, and I'm always like 
to me, I'm always like, I don't understand yet. Either you will take me to the end of this conversation so I can see it or not, but you can't ask me to just believe you. I have to, you gotta take me there so I can see it. And you gotta let me ask all the questions I need to ask. But there is no right answer. Whenever an opinion is involved, there is no right answer. If it's not quantifiable. But, but I think that's the beauty of if people care about stuff, it's just excavating the like, what helps you define it. And so if you're getting into conversations about rap, I, that's why I said like, it's about people putting me on the history I didn't know. It's not them convincing me someone's better than someone else. It's the idea, if I'm talking about a certain artist and they are putting up relationships that I wasn't aware of, then that's more rappers for me to go explore or more producers for me to explore. If they bring up the name of the label or the distributor or the international connect, that's more exploration for me. It's, it's not about proving right or wrong. It, it's in proving me wrong, I learn. And so it's not like there is an ostensible right, but by, by making me realize I don't have the answers, that I don't understand the question sometimes, that I'm unaware of certain elements, that's more exploration. That's exciting to me. And, and so like, it's not assuming that there would be a right or wrong, but it's this idea of like, w we, we are drawing other meanings from it. So like, if we were talking about basketball and you were like, well, Dr. J would have been a better basketball player than Kobe. That's no real argument. We're talking about totally different things, but what it does get into is how do we feel about late 70s basketball and what skill sets were needed then? How do we feel about late 90s or whatever time period Kobe played? Do we care more about dunking or three-pointers? When, when they move the line, how does that change things? How do teams work? And it just gets into our understanding of importance. And so I think that's like, if we get into arguments about, um, about music, it helps us understand, well, how you feel about songwriting, how I feel about lyricism, how we feel about content and meaning and effect of the youth and the corporate involvement. And it, it just, it a, it's, a, it's a proxy for us learning about ourselves in various ways. I, it's funny, I, one, of the, I, one of the things that you just said, or kind of the overall thing that you just said kind of strikes me because there are times where I'm in arguments with my partner and I'm like, we're arguing about the dishes we're not arguing about the dishes. There's You're like in a trouble. There's like a deeper. There's like the we. I don't want to argue about the dishes because this isn't something to argue about. I'm gonna just do the dishes. It's not a big deal. The real problem is, you think I'm not pulling my weight around the house. Right. That's the deeper issue. Right. And so a lot of times when people are doing these back and forth conversations or arguments or whatever you want to whatever you want to because uh, you know yeah. a, a lot of people think that they're good at conversating and they don't listen and that's one of the biggest parts of a conversation you have to be able to listen mm. and when you're not listening when there's so much like white noise that we can't hear each other speak there is no conversation you hear that white period people? at all and so cut that noise out <laughs> you wild it and so on one day, bro. <laughs> and he's never he's always sober which is amazing to me um which is it, it gets to me because i don't want to talk i don't want to beat around the bush i i want to get to the roots Let's root this thing out so we can figure out what we're actually talking about. But a lot of times people can't go deep enough to actually get to the root. So they stay and they argue about, like you said, Dr. J or Kobe or whatever the case. When these people could never play each other, there's no way that we could ever tie. It is about 
you know, the actual skill of this, what was needed in this era, what's not needed in this era. If we're talking about, you know, who's the greatest rapper of all time, are we talking about actually, you know, who's the greatest rapper? Are we speaking to what they've done for the culture? Are we speaking to the amount of album sales they had? Like, whatever it is. A lot of people just don't know how to get to the root of things. And it's Can like, I tell you a wild story? I can't name names at all in the story, but... I had a friend of mine that I used to I used to just get into arguments with this person a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot a few years ago, all the time. And what I didn't know is they had like a they were an artist and a few years before I met them they had stopped. They had completely stopped. Something happened that kinda traumatized them and they completely stopped practicing that art. I knew nothing about this by the time I came around and met them and then that person I used to get in arguments, petty arguments. You know the kind of argument where the person will kind of bait you like they know they want, like you know they, they're just there to argue. And then a few years into that friendship, that person picked up, this has nothing to do with me. On their own, they went and picked up that thing that they had dropped because they had gotten disappointed or something. They picked up that thing and started running with it. I argue with them almost never now. It's so wild how those things are connected. And I would have never known the root of it. And I can't even say there's a direct correlation now. But it's very strange how that all ended right then. Because I don't even know what point I'm making. It's just that it's so wild how power of uh, someone, can have, someone can have in their heart when they have energy. And it's supposed to go to one thing and they're just not doing it. And then they're just, they have to spend it somewhere. It's I mean, I, or maybe something else happened in their life. I don't know. I don't yeah, know if there's co- correlation. There, there's also this weird thing I run into where, and you and I got into this to where uh, I was, I was saying like, yo, I don't really have a whole lot of love for landlords or people that make a whole lot of money off of charging people to live in buildings or or certain things like that. We got this? as it related to a certain artist who got into ownership of buildings. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it turned into a thing of like, oh, That's well, you're, you're jealous of that person's position in life and i'm sitting there like i don't want to do what they do i'm not jealous at all i have a ideological problem yes. with this type of activity in humanity over history i don't just and apologize for that right i don't know why it sounds rude as hell right now Let's no we had a, you so were going me, ham and we had, we had to for have right a talk now. about it sounds mean but but it does get into this thing there's this assumption that if a person has issues it's like oh well you're a hater or you're you're there's something inside of you that's all tied up and the reason I don't argue with people about rap now isn't because I'm more or less happy in my life than I was at a certain time. It's that it ran its course. Like, I, I had the conversation so much that now I'd rather talk about black land ownership. That's newer to me. That's more interesting. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd rather talk about how do real estate investment trusts work than is Kanye's album better than the previous one. Mm. I, I'm, that's just not as exciting a conversation anymore. And it's not that, well, at the time, I was just more mad at Kanye. It was like, no, I was interested in how people thought about music in a different way. Mm. I was interested more in my friends' opinions around music. And now I've heard most of them. Because we had those arguments for years, we don't have to come on this show and argue about rappers. Because when we first started doing the show, some of the conversations went certain ways. And it, we, and, and we went through it. it. And we, yeah. we got to it. We did that for a couple of times. Then all of a sudden, it started getting into like, oh, shit, what, Ralph, your dad so crack? Hold on. That's that's Ooh. a different conversation than Pop. Yo. Pop, like, don't get my dad. I don't think my dad cares. My dad is a fucking G. But uh I, I try not to put too much of his business out there, but this 
Or, or when, when you start talking about your family and your experiences growing up and you're moving and stuff, it's like, wait, I'm, I don't know about all that. Like, that's actually super interesting to me as a conversation. It's not that all of a sudden I'm happier in my life, so I don't want to argue about rappers. It's more like, oh, there are other things to also talk about. There, there are other things of interest in the world, you know. I wonder, it's, it's funny, I uh, kind of pivoting. Uh, I wonder how that's going to affect our audience because we do talk about the other things, right? Like we're all hip hop heads, we're all uh, in, in music very heavy, like very heavy. We all consider ourselves like good wordsmiths, great at what we do. Balls deep. Balls deep, balls deep. for sure, balls deep. My balls aren't that long, though, so I don't know if I can. I'm not much of a ballsy guy. but Yeah, I'm not even. uh, Anyway, so, but I wonder, because a lot of the podcasts like us uh, are gossip, not gossip-based, but they talk about all the. It's more direct, like directly talking about hip-hop. Or more just directly talking about the things that are going on in the culture of hip-hop and the world. Versus what's going on between human beings. Mm. And I wonder how that affects our will affect. Because right now, like, we're still building and we're growing. But I wonder how it's going to affect. I wonder if people will latch on to it because it's something human. It's something real. Or if it's a thing that they'll look at, like, it's not the popping shit. So I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I don't want to really engage in this thing. Right now, I haven't listened to it at all. Just the concept intrigues me. The Locks have started doing a podcast with this these two dudes called It's The Real. There's two, yeah, I know them. two Jewish dudes who do, do like sketches and very nerdy Jewish, like they love hip, they're hip hop guys. They're hip hop fanatics. But, I, I assisted on one of their music videos. Okay. Like I hung out with those cats. Mm. But they're super nerdy. The Locks. Uh, 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 what is it? Styles, Chic, and sometimes Jada. Jada go to their house and watch movies and do movie reviews. And the, the podcast is called Two uh, Two Jews and Two Black Dudes. And, and uh, they just go to their house and watch and shit like that. It could almost make me cry that you would have like, uh, you know, Jada Kiss, who's as hard as it gets, uh, <laughs> and, and Chic and Styles P in these guys' living room talking about fucking, you know. Uh, uh, um, um, you know, uh, gone with the wind. Gone with the wind, <laughs> or fucking, or fucking Malcolm X, or fucking fences, or fucking. Oh um, God, I want to see that. Or 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 or, or uh, terms of endearment, and they're gonna be talking about life shit on this pot, like shit like that, like uh, that. Uh, that's everything to me because to me, like in a veiled way, that's what all this shit is. That's what we're trying to talk about. We come at it from uh, so most of us, not everybody. Most of us comes at it from our, from the, the 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 perspective that we have, the the filter that we have. Wh- however, we see the world. You know, you either grew up in a place with trees, or you grew up in a place with sand and cactus, or you grew up in a place with buildings and ghettos, or you grew up in a place with shacks and red clay or whatever it is. So we're talking about it from how, but we're like hip-hop can seem so much of one thing and these things that come up and open it up and, and like this where it's like we are rappers we are hip-hop all of us to the core but we're in here talking about feelings and therapy and forgiveness and i don't know shit like it's that to cool. me is i think that's the dopest shit 
ever. That's way better than what we could have been. I, I mean, it's why, like, as part of the thing, I want to thank you for that. I, that I'm, I'm glad we had the wisdom to relent and just be like, Chris has certain things that he wants to get to, and this other bullshit he doesn't want. We might want to talk about it, but because of Chris, we're not going to go that way. And I'm so thankful for it mm -hmm. because this is the way more interesting vein because it's more timeless. And it is us talking about hip hop because this is the, the things we're talking about are the reasons we love hip hop. So we're talking about it abstractly um, or directly, depending on your perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like to address your question, I'm not sure about popularity, but I think the necessity and the space for it is really important to me. And that they're young black men expressing emotional thoughts, expressing Some emotional feelings. Yeah, I'm I'm the only fucking dinosaur in the room, so don't try to play me. <laughs> I, I know you're talking about some of us are young. I'm, I'm, I'm still young, all right? And after, thanks, Rob, after having fucking cancer, all right? As I'm, sorry, I, I'm bro, gonna be young till I'm not. Man. Like, yo, this is the danger. I'm too young to motherfucking die, I'll tell you that. That's no, how I look at this shit. Hey. So I'm, I'm young out this that, motherfucker. Bro. Yeah, I'm still a young man. Oh, I am God, still a young I'm black man. Up. I really uh, thought it was the age y'all was upset no. about. I was like, we still upset about AIDS? What's going oh, on? God. Nah, I just seen Dallas Buyers Club. That's why it's on my mind. Oh, my Lord. But so with, I'm with sorry. Being young black men, being able to talk about conflict resolution, to be able to talk about frustrations, be able to talk about emotions, be able to talk about our families, to be able to talk about how we grew up, and it not be the, the path of least resistance. It would be easier for us to come and talk about our history in hip-hop. Like, it would be easier for me to talk about what happened when I was in the studio with Killer Mike, what happened when I'm backstage smoking weed with Method Man. That would be cute, you know? But there are already 50 other rappers doing that. What I'm not getting is, again, I'm a Haitian-born, or family Haitian, grew up in Brooklyn, lived oh, in the Oh, you almost blew my mind. The, like, you're Haitian, Chris? No, no, no. Oh, you okay. Grew up I'm in the Haitian. South and New York, da-da-da. It, it's more important for me here and you, Carrie, like, yo, growing up in North Carolina, but then moving here and moving there and living in Texas where this happened. And then, uh, that's right, correct? You in Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas. And then coming up to New York and you being a dancer at a certain point, but also being an athlete and, like, the masculinity around this stuff. These, these concepts are things I didn't get growing up. I didn't have young black men talking about masculinity in this way, talking about emotions in this way, talking about their love and passions for art in this way. I wasn't around that. And in D.C., I grew up like, and I know I, I did not grow up in a bad neighborhood. I would never front about that shit. But I also grew up in an area where just taking a bus to school, you in the hood. Like, like you get on the bus, you go right down the street, and Bamas are selling crack out in the open. Bamas are running, it, before there was the trap or whatever, people were open market, just hand-to-hand -hand selling. I grew up with more like motherfuckers. lemonade. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're dying from gun violence in D.C. than in Lebanon. Mm. You know, so like... The, the the motifs I heard growing up were like, as a young black man, you're more likely to be dead or in jail than make it to college. And now that's, it's lovely for us to now, I'm, it's, it's three young black men who have not always had the most sunshine experiences, but who also went to college, but who also then are around people that never went to college and have had life experiences far outside of just what you could learn in college. And then to talk emotionally about that and to share and be from three different geographic areas of the country and still have this commonality but celebrate our differences, I, I mean, I think it's, it's phenomenal. It's the way it goes. Yeah. It's the best shit. It's um, needed. I, I wish I had it when I was a kid. This is a good one? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> we got it. Uh, I am Carrie Blue. Precious, gorgeous, Ralph.com. <sighs> Christopher Carr, Stonehenge, Parnhashnikovsky. 
And this is We Be In The Hallway Podcast. Peace, y'all. Peace.